Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis, 306 on your Monday afternoon. This is the show where we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. I have the honor and privilege of being joined by Ms. Kelly Hawkins of Main Street Management Group here in Cornelius. Literally a stone's throw away right from Studio door. C. Literally next door. Did you walk over or did you I drive? Did. You I walked. Did. Mm-hmm. So you jumped over the bushes I was, and I did scoot right through the did bushes. Did you? Yep. <laughs> well, thanks for coming by. We appreciate you. So you own Main Street Management Group. Yes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you, we were talking about before we went on air. Property managers, community managers, definitely equals somewhere in people's minds, though your value is much more like a used car salesman, like a bad attorney, many other negative connotation positions. So you just making buku bucks right now and that's why you want to do it still? Or what's Uh, kind of the motivation for you, if you don't mind me asking? Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it because I'm a problem solver. And I think everybody in my office thinks like that too. Like we just love every day, something different, something else we have to handle, manage, fire we have to put out. That's why you do it. So it's unique. Every day is unique. Every day is unique. Um, I love when we take over a community uh, and I watch the, the property values grow. I watch the curb appeal grow. I watch their financials grow. Like that's, that feels great. I love coming in and go, hey, we should change this out and make it look like this, like really helping communities along. How long have you been in community management? Over 20 years. <sighs> I know. There's not a lot of dinosaurs like the, me doing okay, it Okay, I would never call you a dinosaur. <laughs> Let me be clear about that. I would never use that phrase. In 20 years, it's probably hard to put together one singular story. What's the craziest story that you've seen in 20 years? Self-described as crazy, too, by the way, because your level of crazy wow. probably is different than mine. But. Yes. Yeah, you really see everything. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm doing it. Um, I think the craziest story was a lady who did not, could not pay her HOA dues. And in order to explain to me why, sent me photos of her mostly naked daughter, who had been shot with a pellet gun and she had to help her move out. Oh my You just gosh. hear the saddest things, the craziest stuff. There's definitely, you get to see people sometimes at their worst yeah. and at their lowest for sure in this job. How would you describe someone at their best as a community manager? Like if that's the lowest, like, yeah. hey, my kid got shot, I can't pay my rent, even yeah. though management company, Sad. you really don't have any effect on this. It's the HOA who decides. But then what's the people's best? Like, you just never hear from them? Those are the best people in the world? Um, no. I love to watch board members who who get on the community to get involved. And they want to improve the community. And they want to work with you. And, like, what's your ideas? And how, I've helped communities build new clubhouses, um, things like that. Uh, I don't know. There's a community next door that took all the siding off and redid it. And you, it's beautiful. It looks completely different than everything around it. I, like, love getting involved. And the, when the board members want to really change the community. That's to be involved in that layer, that that's deep level management. What would you say is more common communities that want like purely the financial side or people, the communities that want like, Hey, we want you to do everything. 
Um, it's probably closer to do everything. Really? It's in the middle. Yeah. There's every board has a different uh, personality and political structure, I guess is the best way to yeah, put that. Yeah, it's fair. And so you just have to kind of go in and just figure out who you have to be in that situation. You definitely have a lot of hats. You're a police officer, you're a collections agent, you're a therapist, you carry a gun? you're a negotiator. You carry a gun to the meetings? No, I've been encouraged. No. You've been encouraged to carry a gun? Oh, okay. I've definitely had <laughs> By invite... loved ones or by random people, uh, I loved guess? Ones. Okay, all right, yeah. good, okay. I've definitely invited police officers sure. to stand in the back. Sure. It gets like that. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll get into some details about it. Since COVID, mm-hmm. Have there been dramatic changes from the community association management perspective? Yes, for sure. There's a uh, we're not as patient with each other. People are a lot ruder than they used to be. No patience with their neighbors, and no one will go talk to anybody else. So they'll call us and say, "I have a problem with my neighbor dumping their leaves on this edge of the property that's mine." But they will like not, literally next door, like yes, next door neighbor. They will not go talk to their neighbor. That's changed a lot since COVID. I don't know if people are afraid of people because people are ruder than before. They don't want to talk to them. They're afraid of violence. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that has definitely increased. Like my neighbor's dog barks all night long. Have you tried to talk to him? No. Have you have you laid cheese out on the driveway for the dog to eat during their walks? It's like that's a method that works. So. Do you find it um, more difficult to communicate with communities, or are people more engaged at this point? No, they're less engaged. Less engaged, complaining think, more, but less engaged. Yes, absolutely. That's like like on the, I'm thinking of like those matrix matrices. Is it matrices? Matrixes? matrixes we'll go with that that's like the bottom corner that you don't want yeah i don't know why it is people don't they're so busy i guess everybody's so much more self-involved after covid that they just don't have the energy or the bandwidth to be involved but they'll complain about it but they don't want to do the engage they don't want to take responsibility at all so do you have like political posters like get involved with your hoa (laughs) and stuff like that like when you go to these meetings like let us encourage you on how to get involved do you do anything like that? i try yeah i preach it yeah yeah or you see it on next door okay big time so is next door super popular in the local area are people all over that app here that's like the big one yeah yeah I've been telling the radio station we need to get, like, we have a core team. And, like, I was like, hey, guys, we need to get on Next Door. We need to be a part of this. Because my mom is always texting me something about Next Door. She's like, oh, did you see this on Next Door? Like, no, mom, I'm not on Next Door. But that is, seems to be a hyper local focus for people. Do you have to monitor it for some of your communities, or you just choose to be in that community? We, like, I monitor it to see what people are saying about their HOAs. Mm. So I can try to change the conversation. Okay. But sales I, leads? Uh, Potentially? Sometimes, but not really. Okay. But uh, I'm definitely not on anybody's Facebook page. We are not. So if you're listening, we are not on the Facebook page. We did not see what you said. So please email us. Um, But I I just watched to see. And it's interesting because people will go on next door and they will just rant a complaint. Mm. And if you try to say something logical back about it, it gets no likes. No, no thumbs up. But if you rant with them, everybody's all over it. No one wants to engage in how, how could I help with that? 
So is mainstream management group. Are you guys just part of your package? Like let's say on full management include monitoring social or like taking no. over. No, nothing to do with no. that. You don't want nothing to do. With I don't that want anything all. to do with it. Nothing to do with <laughs> social media. We're talking with Kelly Hawkins of main street management group president. Is that, yes. is that the title you prefer? Owner yeah. liaison all, creator all the above. community guru. Oh, I like that one. That's a pretty good yeah, one, right? All right, we're good. talking with Kelly. She's in here. We're going to learn a little bit about uh, the way Main Street Management Group works, what makes them unique, what makes Kelly's model and team unique, and maybe your neighborhood's looking for a change. Maybe you're looking for a new layer of management, a new style of management. That seems to be a conversation in multiple towns and municipalities around here, and so maybe that includes your HOA. 844-STUDIO-4 if you want to be part of the conversation. Maybe you've got a question for Kelly. No, she is not going to delay your dues for you. I'm sorry. She doesn't have that authority. 844-STUDIO-4, though, if you want to be part of the conversation. Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis, 844-STUDIO-4. If you want to be part of the conversation, this is where we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. I'm joined today by Miss Kelly Hawkins, founder, owner, president of Main Street Management Group here in Cornelius, located just off West Catawba. Literally, I could throw a stone and hit the building from Studio C here. I won't do that. I don't like baseball, so I won't do that. Uh, but I wouldn't do that, too. To you. Do you own the building, or are you just rent? No, the building? just rent. You no. just rent. How long have you been at that particular location? Is that where it's always been? 12 years. Where, were, where was... Is that when you started Main Street, or mm -hmm. how long? Yep, been there since 2010. So before Main Street, give us your story. Before Main Street, I was one of the owners at CSI Property mm. Management. And before that, I was the marketing manager for a couple of different engineering firms. I actually went to NC State to be an engineer. Really? And decided I was not, I was, I like problem solving, not with numbers. Okay. <laughs> but not with math. So you went from engineering to property management. Mm -hmm. Did you start off, what did you start off as in, in property management? What was like your first gig? Owner. Oh, you just jumped right into <laughs> owner. Here we go. This is it. Okay. Why the transition? If you don't mind me asking, you can give the G-rated version if there is a different version. But mm -hmm. So why transition from CSI then to start your own again? Uh, we were in a partnership yeah. and just wanted to be on our... Ready to do... Ready, ready to do our own thing. Different yeah. business models, different ideas on how it should be ran. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes to both. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All mm -hmm. right. So then let's talk about what makes Main Street Management Group unique in the community management sphere? Well, I think we do have a completely different business model. So I jumped in as owner, be, or buying into another company. And so I did all the jobs, trying to learn it. I was a, did the accounting, I did the receptionist job. I was a manager. And I know when I got to have about 12, 13 properties in my portfolio, I was no longer managing anything. It was managing me. It was just come in every day and put out any who's screaming the loudest, what fire can I put out, what emergency am I, but I wasn't managing anybody. I couldn't be proactive. So when we started Main Street, I, that was a hard and fast rule. Nobody got more than 10 to 12 properties. And I think that's about half the industry average. I know. 10 to 12 properties mean 10 to 12 communities? In your portfolio. Okay. That mm -hmm. still could be a lot. Cause like if I think about like Northstone, that's 900 units. Like So then we, you probably drop you down to four. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of a sliding scale because you always wanted to cap and make sure someone wasn't overburdened, if yeah. you would. And there's a lot of communities. Lake Norman's kind of unique, I think, because there's a lot of condo communities that are one building. Mm. So if you have that in your portfolio, you can take a little more, right? 
but then you have some that are, you know, six, 700 units. You just have fewer of those. So you, you start Main Street uh, Management Group and you say to yourself, I want to do this differently. I want to be unique. I want to care. What then makes Main Street unique compared to all the other options that people can choose from for community management? I think first and foremost, we answer the phone. Like you get a human being to take care of you. Um, we try to answer our emails. We don't departmentalize. So a lot of management companies, they have a group that does the enforcement. So somebody rotating around in a group drives the community, writes down all, all of the violations. But that person's not accountable to the board. Only the manager's accountable. So maybe they're not paying attention. Maybe they're not seeing the same thing over and over because that person rotates. And they're not standing before the board saying, this is why I didn't write this up or that. So we don't do that. We don't departmentalize. When you get a manager, they answer their phone. They drive your community. They issue the work orders and see them through. Um, that's probably the biggest difference in our in our business model. So it's like a true representative to reach out to if there's a need. Is that ultimately like dedication? Is that yeah. is that a good way to describe it from the business yeah, model? Yeah, one manager actually managing the property, like truly managing it, not performing tasks. They're the one that comes before the board. And then I always work with them. We get a new community on board, so they know who I am. And I always say, you did not hire this manager, you hired Main Street. So if there's could be a personality conflict with a board member or you just don't feel like you're getting, come back to me. And they always know who I am because I've sat in the first couple of meetings with them. So that board knows who to go to above. It's not, I hear, when I take a property on, I hear all the time, nobody, oh my God, you answered the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. How important is it that you're hearing from these communities that you guys are present at the board meetings? Is that like super high on their priority list when they think about it? Or is it like something that they're not really like the reason why they're yeah. coming to you? That's part of that board personality. So I have some boards that can handle everything by email. They're engaged. They, they know their community documents. They can do everything by email. And then I have some that I have one community right now. The board meets every week. Every week? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, every... Or every other week, even. It's kind of crazy. We meet with them monthly. So two times a month, they meet every other week. That's a lot. It is, is it a, a big lot. neighborhood or a small neighborhood? It is. Yeah, it's but a big I, one. Yeah. Yeah. They got a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, we can't we can't commit to that. Sure. That's too much. I mean, a manager have lives and yeah. families, too. <laughs> Something but, to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do people reach out to you frequently with like with all the problems? Like we mentioned, okay, the neighbor with like who, the grass clippings or something like that. Mm -hmm. But is it just a natural instinct almost for homeowners and pe members of the community to just reach out to you guys? Oh, well, let's, let me reach out to my property manager. I forget my board. I'm going straight to the property manager. Yeah. And I'm seeing that as more of a trend, but neighbor to neighbor. And it's oddly enough, it's even more popular. Just go straight to Facebook or next door. And say just something. bash, just bash, just bash away. Yes. Huh? I'm like, that's why we're not on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your least favorite part about property community? Man, I keep saying property management, but you guys don't do like short term rentals. You're not yeah. doing individual investor owners. You're not doing any of that. You're just not out here Airbnb and you're, you're representing whole communities on the HOA level. Right. Yeah. So what is your least favorite part of it? The politics of people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that 
what do you think it looks like in five years from now? Mm. That's an interesting question. Because, you know, there's a House bill on the table right now and that all the the legislative things that are going through, especially as more people reach out and get angrier. I don't, I'm not sure it's going to change itself, but I'm not sure in which direction. If that means more companies will have to become like us, more hands-on, more service-oriented, or if we'll, if it'll go to um, just emails and and departments. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I have to think about that. What do you want it to do? What do you want the industry to do in five years? I think people should become more like us, more hands-on, more service-oriented, where a homeowner calls and they get to talk to a person because everybody deserves to be listened to. Even if you can't solve their problem, even if they should go talk to their neighbor themselves, they should at least be listened to before you say that. Do you guys take on like the enforcement? Like you send letters to people if they're violating potentially CCNRs mm-hmm. and architectural guidelines, all the whole nine like that. Yeah. So you guys have to review all that stuff to know it's legit, or you just rely on the opinion of the board. The board says, "Yeah, no, it's a violation. Send them a letter." How does that work? No, we we have to know it. Um, every set of documents is different, which is what makes this job unique. What might be a violation in one community is not a violation in another community, so you can't. It's not, uh, can't just paint everything with a broad brush. Um, but a lot of boards depending us, depend on us to know. They'll say that that arc passes if it's okay, which we always push back and say, no, you need to know your documents. That's not our decision. But yeah. But I don't, I'm, I'm going really think about that. Where does it look like in five I years? I got you stuck on you that did. one. I got you on that one. I found I one she didn't know, people. Oh, she didn't have no. the exact answer. I have right. to think about that. <laughs> I I think back to my previous life of being a real estate transactional attorney when we would do the title search and find CC&Rs. A concept that like I felt like I saw more and more recently with the new neighborhoods was on the cover page. These, you know, covenants, conditions and restriction place restrictions on American flags. Taking a specific example here. Is that like because there's so many people complaining about American flags or is it just because of the notice requirement that that's the only reason why we're seeing anything in those documents, you think? That's a notice requirement. Like if, uh, So sometimes your documents won't cover something. And if you're after January 1st, 1999 or in certain, certain provisions apply to all, but then you have to rely on the North Carolina Plan Community Act and that's in there. Mm-hmm. That, so I don't, that must have been a, a big deal to someone at some point that, yeah. I mean, the it became legislation. So yeah. there was the short time in the past couple of years where if a subdivision though and though it had a, you know, set of restrictions but it wasn't made under the whatever it's called the Planned Community Act that like anything older than 30 years wasn't enforceable on the property. Yeah. Did you have to deal with that at all in that kind of interim period between, you know, the legislator figuring things out in the courts and all that stuff like We sent all of our board members an email telling them that that was out there and that you might be affected by it. And then we said, and advice of counsel, let's watch. And so nobody really took action. Nobody like brought in the mobile no. home park into the into the neighborhood <laughs> no. or anything like that? Ah. No, but we do, we do do that. I mean, that's part of what we do. We watch that stuff. We go I'm to sure. law se- seminars every year and try to brush up on it. Do you go to that or do you send somebody else? Like, is that your arena? Like, what are you doing on the day-to-day now? We we all go. I make everybody go. The whole team? The whole team. Like a squad. You yes. guys roll up in there. That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> 
So with the restriction on, on one of the internal practices you have on restricting people to a limited number of communities or units potentially, what would be one other major difference, would you say, that separates Main Street Management Group? We're in the office. So there's a there's a lot of management companies. You get about three days of training on the software, and then they send you home, if you, even if you've never done it before. So I think we're in the office. We're talking to each other. We collaborate. And that's that's different, being actually together. Okay. Are you hiring still right now? Because you, you had a post on LinkedIn. Did you fill the position? I filled it today. Good job. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll talk about the labor market as soon as we're back from the break. We are going to take another break. 844-STUDIO-4 if you want to be part of the conversation. We've got Kelly Hawkins here of Main Street Management Group here in Cornelius, North Carolina. She's been in this community management game for 20-plus years. She's a soldier out here, people. 844-STUDIO-4 if you've got a question, want to be part of the conversation, you are welcome. And uh, we'll get it, we'll find out kind of what, what's going on behind the scenes a little bit more as soon as we're back. Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis. Here we talk about North Carolina, real estate, business, and life. Joined today by Kelly Hawkins of Main Street Management Group here in Cornelius, 20 years, 20 years. You've explained to us uh, some of the craziest stories you've seen. You told us who the best customer, is it a customer title? It's a customer, right? Is that, is that how you look at it? Do you look at it as a yeah. customer? How, uh, do you, how, do you, how do you think of your communities as? Yeah, clients, I guess. Clients, mm-hmm. relationships. Relationships, mostly, Relationships. Yeah. What's it like onboarding a new community? That's fun. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, a little bit of sarcasm there. A little bit of sarcasm. Yeah. What's that process like for you, though? So once we know our start date, um, we get we get a few things from the previous management company right of way. Tax ID numbers, homeowner contact information. And is that like when people change over their insurance, how like the old insurance company doesn't want to give over any of the information and the new insurance company's like, well, they're not sending me any information. I can't do anything. Is it a lot like that or is it a um, peaceful transition? We'll say? I'm not going to lie. There's a little bit of that in yeah. this industry sure. where you don't want to make it easy for me to take over the property from you. Um, and you, there's so many nuances to a property. We definitely don't get that. Like, don't forget this prop, this common area that's behind this fence and around the corner that you'll never see. You know things like that. We don't, we don't know. But yeah. it starts out pretty quick and then it draws out a little bit. Trying to get, they have to reconcile their bank accounts, the things they wrote checks for up until the last day, and you got to hope that they really turned everything off on the last day. So it's probably a three month process. Wow. Altogether. Have you ever had to fire a client? Yes. Was it fun? A few. Uh, it probably felt good, yes, yeah. at the time, because we don't do that lightly. But right. it's mostly about the board, honestly. Because so much of what you do is customer service, right? Like that's mm-hmm. really what it is. You're taking the time to make sure books are in order. You're attending meetings. You've got members of the association who are violating rules potentially. You've got general communication of annual meetings, which I'm sure is a really fun time for you guys yeah, as well. that's now. Yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> but then at the same time, it gets to a point of, okay, I as a community manager, I'm not a bad person. Our team is doing everything right. This just isn't you know, a Working. good fit. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how do you present that to the board? Do you go to the president or is it depend on the board? Like, how do you go about that scenario saying, hey, something's off here. Let's either fix the relationship or we need to end it. So by the time we get there, we've probably tried to talk about it several times. I mean, one one example I can think of, um, there's a very large community. They had a lot of work that needed to be done and the board changed over. And the new board wasn't interested in the work that had to be done. And we spent all of our board meetings talking about people. That's not, I'm not there to talk about the people and who's doing this or who's doing that. And I kept trying to redirect us back to the projects that need to be done. I just, just couldn't get there. So I said, we're not doing anything for you here. And so we're going to go. Sometimes boards need a perspective if we're the first management company after the builder. They've never had a different one. So, yeah. And I imagine a lot of people, like, when there's, like, a big change of guard, they're doing it because they want, like, significant change needs to happen. And it starts with our property manager. Is that, like, a lot of the mantra? Yeah. yeah. Well, it happens when you have new board members. We'll call them the freshmen. Mm. They come in, and they're, they're, they're there to make change, and they'll just make wholesale change. They don't look to see what's working. They don't think about what – if they would just take a breath and watch for a minute and see what their skill set could bring to the table – it would be so much better. Every board member has a unique skill set, something they can bring. And even if you don't know a lot about construction or, or finances, maybe you're the you're the empathy person. Maybe you're the great talker that can relate to all the homeowners, the one that sits in the meeting and makes everybody feel better about everything. I mean, everybody has something to bring to the table. So, but we do see the freshmen come in and they're like, I'm here, I'm here to change everything. I'm here to change whether it's working or not, they don't wait to see. They don't give it a minute to see. What about a community that's never had a management company? Let's say the developer and then like now, because I live in a self-managed subdivision, which has its pros and cons, we'll describe it as for now. Yeah. Uh, what's that like working with a subdivision that's never had a property management company? That That's unique, too. In one way, it's good because they're used to doing things. They're engaged. They already, they probably know their documents because they had to read them in order to do enforcement. But on the other hand, you come in there and they don't, it's hard for them to give up the job a little bit. Control. Yeah. A little micromanaging going on. Hmm. Is there a size of a subdivision that you like, like number of units? Like what's the sweet spot, would you say? No, it's funny because people think of us as a small firm, and we we'd like to say we're a boutique management firm. I say there's Costco. That's a good, I like that word boutique. Yeah. I always say there's Costco in the fresh market or the fresh market. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right. It's like you don't have to bag your own groceries with us, but I think um, bigger is better for us. I would rather a manager have one big community than three that make up the same size because three that make up the same size is three different drives, three different board meetings. It's a lot more work actually to, for them to have several smaller communities than one large one. And what would you say is the most common in Lake Norman area? Smaller communities? Yeah. Yeah. Most because sense, of the yeah. condo, the condo build. Do you like condos and townhomes managing them as compared to single family? Um, I, it's funny in our office, the male managers tend to like the condos more, and then the female managers tend to like the single family more. 
Why is that? Is there a reason why? Is there anything there behind that? Or I don't know exactly. I can't think of anything like just off the top of my head. Said, yeah, no, dudes really would like condos. That makes sense. No, yeah, know. for sure. It's interesting. I haven't quite figured out the the feeling. They have different they have different responsibilities. So if you manage a single family community, you're mostly focused focused on enforcement. Yeah. Right. That's the that's their big ticket item. Where you're in a condo, I don't really drive the condo and look for violations because I manage, I paint everything, I mow everything. So it's more maintenance. If there's a violation, it's you guys, right? Is that, they're looking, <laughs> why did you guys times. cut this common area? Is <laughs> yeah. that what it is? Yeah. But you have hmm. to um, stay on top of maintenance all the time. Something I've, I, I don't know why it kicked in for me about a couple of years before I transitioned out of being an attorney full time. And I had clients because I do some investment on the side, too. And I started thinking about all the condo units. There's a lot of them that don't have elevators in our area. Is that do elevators change management at all for you guys or no? Is it just it doesn't really matter? Just does it have an elevator? Does it not? Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, elevators are a maintenance issue like gates. Yeah, I really I'd prefer an elevator to a a gated community. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. The gates are always. Have you noticed work. that? I just don't. There's not a lot of elevator condos around here. No. If I think about it, if, like those would be the ones that probably go for top dollar. If I had to guess. I also think since I moved here in '91, who are living in the condos has changed oh. quite a bit. What would you say the demo is now predominantly? Retired. Really. I think there's a lot of our communities are retired. Mm-hmm. And also the price point of that yeah, too dictates, dictates of that. Of course, yeah. When we first moved here, I I would say, I mean, there there were younger yeah. people in the condos, so maybe. I mean, I think about Vineyard Point right here. I mean, that was like the young person yeah. spot. Like I on lived the there. Oh, did yeah. you see? Okay, I lived so in you're young. Days. See you there. You go. So <laughs> that's the young person spot where they where you live and you go on the lake and you party and you have a good time. Yeah. And now you go through there. It's like. Young people can't afford to live in there anymore. Nope. No way. You're, you're not living on there on your first-time salary, first-time full-time gig. You're a retiree. You're somebody coming in that thinks that this is a beautiful potential market because of the lake, and they're buying these places up. How has, as we're going to go to break, so I'm going to ask you a question that's probably going to bleed over into the next segment. How much has the market shifted and people focused on pricing as it relates to community managers? You mean our fee? Yeah, does just... your fee get questioned more nowadays than it did pre-COVID? Um, no, because the price of everything went up. So I think they expected that too. Um, I would definitely say it's gone up. It's gone up quite a bit from when I started this. Hmm. What we're, But I also feel like we offer more service level-wise, so we may cost a little more. Well, people get the choice. Mm-hmm. They can choose what level of service. How would you describe the two, like you have two tiers, right? Mm-hmm. How would you describe the two tiers? It's either accounting only or full service. Nothing in between? No. No a la carte. You don't want a la carte? You don't want people just kind of picking and choosing? Like I'll have strawberry cheesecake and like a grilled <laughs> cheese today, something like that? No, uh, no we got to stay. It's like the menu at a nice restaurant. Yeah. It's only one page. That's us. It's like, plated. Yes. You yeah. have to, to do it. The Fancy. Stay in your wheelhouse. She's over here being <laughs> fancy. We're talking to Kelly Hawkins, owner of Main Street Management Group, located here in Cornelius, North Carolina, serving all of Lake Norman. How far will you guys go? How many? Is it mileage or is it just kind of a gut feeling? What is it? A drive and what you need. So yeah. we have one kind of outlier in Belmont. 
but oh. we usually are. We're like Troutman to North Charlotte to Concord. Okay. Well, Belmont is a popping community it these is. days. It's, it's nice. very popular it's these days. Uh, we're coming right back. Today's Real Talk fam, 844-STUDIO-4 if you want to be part of the conversation. 844-STUDIO-4. Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis, the show where we focus on all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. Joined today by Kelly Hawkins of Main Street Management Group here in Cornelius. Kelly, you've been doing this for 20 years. Guru. I think you said guru, right? I like that Yes, one. community guru. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do this forever? Or what do you think? Like, what's what's Kelly's plan for the future? I think it's my retirement job. Yeah. But I like to work. I think I'm a workaholic, honestly. So I'm that way too. Yeah. It's okay. I like it. It's that bad. If you like it, then that must mean that you have other people around you that like it. So let's talk about the culture at Main Street Management Group. We talked about what makes you guys unique from the community perspective and how you actually manage, right? You offer a true service. But as it relates to you managing people, Knowing that any given day, any given hour, any given minute, the phone's going to ring and there is going to be someone, we'll say, who isn't as excited as <laughs> you may be that day. How do you maintain an in-office culture and what do you? how would you describe that culture? This is my favorite topic. I love our culture. I would say um, we work really hard at it. My, um, my VP, Robin Bennett, and I spend a lot of time talking about culture and making sure we're feeling the vibes in the office. Um, this year, we took everybody to Raleigh to an industry conference, but normally we go camping. We take everyone, their spouses, their kids, their dogs. We get everybody a cabin and we spend, we close on Friday and we spend all day camping, team building. We cook for them. Um, we just try to make it a place you want to be every day. I've definitely had jobs where I hated going to work or I dreaded, mon you know, Monday morning. I didn't want to go. Um, I don't think anybody feels like that in our office. We do a lot of team building. We'll shut the office down and do things together. I have incentives. If you've, how long you've worked there, you get. So this year's incentive, if you've worked there three years or longer, I have, um, season tickets to Blumenthal. So oh, nice. You get to pick, nice. pick your show. Cool. Take, your, take who you want. Um, you get to, if you've been there three years or longer, you get to travel with us. So if we go to industry conferences or whatever, you get to come, you know. That's good perks. Way. Yeah. Do you find that people who enter into property management, they want to like learn more? Are there, there's certifications, right, too, and all that kind of stuff with property management? There's, Is there? um, yeah, they're not mandatory. You're right. Yeah. But you can, you can like, like, what are some that do you have? Does Main Street Management Group have any? Like, what's, like, y'all's certifications so you guys got? We have um, certified manager of community associations. Okay. And association management specialists. Mm, yeah. Specialists. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know. They don't have guru yet. They don't. No. You can make that, though, right? I could. I would like that. You could, you could create <laughs> your own badge and icon. We are the gurus. See, that could work. Hey. I could see that. Oh, I could put it on the little LinkedIn circle. See, there right? you go. Like everybody else, yeah, yeah. right? There you go. Something <laughs> new. So yeah. what about like lunch? Do you guys do lunch together at the office? Or do Every you let day. People... Really? Every day. We sit at the conference room table. Really? We crack each other up. I mean, we really are. I don't think you're supposed to say we're a family anymore. I think that's you taboo. Can. But... I've been reading some stuff with the oh. different, the younger 
generation oh, doesn't the like TikTokers that. of the world. Is <laughs> they don't like that. Is? But yeah. um, I think we are a work family. We hang out together on the weekends. We go to things together. We 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 do laugh a lot. You have to. So I would say we have a great culture and we work on it. You can tell it's ten- it gets tense. It's budget season. So we, all right, listen, I'm buying lunch today or let's take a half of Friday and go do something together. Like you have to shake it off sometimes because it can be brutal. Do you guys like blare music there like in the office too? Like, all right, who's picking tunes today? Anything like that? Or no, is that too far because um, the phone rings? Uh, Friday, we had a sing-along at five o'clock. I, the, one of the offices broke out in some uh, Bon Jovi. Nice. It was awesome. Okay, yes. cool. Okay, that's unique. What What is important, would you say then? Let's 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 kind of scale back to the to the 50 foot, you know, 50,000 foot view as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, give advice to somebody who is running a team, whether in a corporate world or their own business. You've been doing this a while. What would you say is like the most important thing for them to keep in mind? I think the thing I try to keep in mind is there's a huge difference between being a boss and being a leader. And so a leader serves the people that work for them. A boss makes them serve you. And so I see my my role is making sure that they have the tools they need, the time off they need, the empathy they need, um, the fun. You know, we'll, we'll just... It's my job to make sure they're okay so they can go out and do what they're supposed to do. So I think if you run a business, that's the most important thing is not to be the boss, but to be the leader. We talked about, um, I asked you the question, what do you think the next five years looks like, which we're going to come back at one point um, later in the future, and you're going to come back with that answer. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about kind of like the summation of the past 20 years for you. What's been like a pivotal moment that you, I don't want to say almost gave up, but that you almost said to yourself, is this worth it? Has there been one of those moments for you? Yeah, I mean, I think we all have our days for sure. I mean, one of the things that we do when we answer the phone, we always say it's a great day at Main Street Management. How can I help? Even if it's just because you came off a previous phone call and you gives you that minute to adjust to the next person, not take that phone call into this phone call. Um, I think we all have those days. I've had, I've had an annual meeting where a policeman stood in the back and a lawyer stood bef- beside me, and you think, why am I, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I here? But you get through them, and then you see the people who really want your help and want your advice and want, want to make the community better. And I love helping those people. I can imagine that if the internal culture is strong, which I believe that the law firm too, um, you know, my time there, I felt like the culture was strong and I could imagine you get a tough phone call and then the next phone call, you got to say, it's a great day. And the whole office laughing about it, knowing (laughs) what the previous phone call was, right? Like I could imagine that. And so that that's cool to, to hear that. But burnout is real, right? Like burnout's real for everybody, I mm-hmm. think, like in a post-COVID kind of world, right? Everybody worked for like what seemed like 48 hours in a day. Nothing was slowing down. And now the market taking the shift it has, right? Because real estate's taken a very mm-hmm. shi- a big shift. I mean, it was literally nothing would, would – would, everything was going to sell. Every, it seemed like the entire community turned over, right, in a span of let's call it two to three years. Now there's so little inventory that's changing over. Is that translating into the board level at all or no? Is it 
just kind of normal? Is that if that's a, the word to describe it? I think so. You know, you know what you noticed a lot during COVID was um, the art forms. Mm. The, the people wanting to, they couldn't go anywhere, they couldn't go on vacation. So suddenly we were building fire pits and pools. And I'm hoping that I see that more shift to the board. So we're like, okay, we're all settling in now. We don't have all that turnover. Let's turn to the community. Let's let's upgrade the bathrooms. Let's add a pavilion at the pool. Let's let's do that. I hope we that I see that focus turn a little bit more towards that. What's the most common discord you see at the board level of communities? Oh. I'd say it's it's easier for us because we do it every day. I think it's harder for board members to keep their emotions off out of the boardroom. Whether you personally like someone or you admire or you hate what they're doing, you you have to let that go. I think a lot of board members forget they're a board member of a corporation that this isn't a nonprofit corporation. Yeah, at that. it's not a social club. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you like the neighbor or the thing they did, or even if you really like the tile they picked out for the pool. It's theirs, and you—it's not personal. Yeah, you have you have to act like a a corporate member. That's hard. Do you get brought into architectural guideline conversations a lot? Um, for for advice, we try to let them do their thing as long as it's within the guideline, sure. like. Stay out of the that. The community manager said it was okay. <clears throat> yeah. Right? Oh, like I get that. that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I get that. But yeah, if it's subjective, right? That's part of the problem with HOA rules is that they're subjective. And so that's why I think people get so personally involved or upset or take to Facebook or next door is because we're saying to you that thing you want to build or the violation I'm sending you, that's about your home. It's very personal. It's not, it's where you live. It's yeah. how you live. People and, spend a lot of money on their home. Yeah. Especially in our area or, nowadays. Or they don't. Or and they don't spend the, money on their home. And they yeah, feel that's, that's their privilege. This yeah. is their castle and they'll run it however they want. Who are you to tell me how to live? So, Do you guys eye like new construction a lot? Like do you have relationships with builders? Do you try to have those relationships? Or where do, where do those scenarios come up for you as a community manager? I mean, that would be a great way to get new business. I tend to shy away from new construction because there's usually so many issues with the home, the builder or the developer, and not that they did anything wrong, but just what people thought or their expectations. And the manager tends to get lumped in with those if you're there. So I'd rather you have turned over once and then... We'll come in. And then deal with it later. Yeah. So let the, let the first group deal with the mess, <laughs> and then you guys can come in and make it, and yeah. everybody smile, right? Like, that's, that's yeah. a good thing. What do you, what do you, what's the best way for people to communicate with you? Do you like them to go to the website? Do you like, what do you like them to do? I love email, only because it's, I can email you back. There's a record of it. I prefer that. But you can call, email, go to the website. We have an app. 
I you have I, an app? I have an app. You got an app. Okay. That's different and new. MainStreetManagers.com is the website. MainStreetManagers.com. M-A-I-N StreetManagers.com. If you want to have Kelly's team take a look at your community, maybe you are a HOA board member and you're looking for a change. Kelly, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. We really do appreciate it. See, thank the hour you. flew by. You did it great. It did. It was it's great. Phenomenal. Thank there you. Go. I loved it. Thank you, fam. Joe Vagnone, Local Biz Now, up next. The new 1059 100.7 WSIC Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.